The Lord be with you. A reading of the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. While the crowd was pressing in on Jesus and listening to the Word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. He saw two boats there alongside the lake. The fishermen had disembarked and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, he asked him to put out a short distance from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. After he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and lower your nets for a catch. Simon said in reply, Master, we have worked hard all night and have caught nothing. But at your command, I will lower the nets. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were tearing. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled both boats so that the boats were in danger of sinking. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at the knees of Jesus and said, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For astonishment at the catch of fish, they had seized them and all of those with him. And likewise, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners of Simon. Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. When they brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed Jesus. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have you ever had an experience that is a life-changing event? I mean, something really incredible happened to you. Something so significant that really you're never the same again after that. Well, in our readings this morning, we have two such. But before we get there, there's a story that kind of demonstrates this. It's a story of a young man who took a shortcut home through a cemetery at night. And as he was walking, he accidentally fell into an open grave that had been dug for the funeral the following morning. He tried to get out. He was unable. So finally, he decided to s <laughs> there was nothing else to do, but he'll just go to sleep and wait till morning for help. Well, it happened that later on that night, there was another fellow that did the same thing, fell into the same open grave. As he was thrashing about trying to climb out of the grave, the first man awakened, startled, said, You can't get out of here. I tried. It's no use. But like street lightning, the second fellow did. He never saw the first, you see. Motivation can work miracles, can it? I mean, it really is amazing what motivation will do. All right? 
I mean, having raised five kids, you know, you give them motivation, what they say they can't do or they won't do, they do. Motivation. Well, this was quite an event. In our two readings this morning, the the Old Testament and the uh, Gospel, we have really events that were life-altering for Isaiah, for Peter, and even James and John. I mean, Isaiah, the the year that King Uzziah died, Uzziah, a a good king in, in Israel after some bad ones, Jerusalem, probably very discouraged. He was in prayer in the temple, and what did he see? The holy God. He sees the angelic host singing to the holy God, holy, 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 Lord God of hosts, a very song that we join in in this Eucharist at uh, the times of the consecration. And Isaiah, in seeing this holy God, didn't know what to say other than, woe is me, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of glory. Well, fortunately for him, the angel, the seraphim, flew down, took a coal from the altar of sacrifice, touched his lips, and said, you've been purified, your guilt is removed. And then there's a voice saying, who's going to go for us? Who's going to proclaim the word for us? And he said, I am. And from that time on, Isaiah's life forever changed. A great, wonderful story. We could go into that, but I'm more interested actually this morning in the gospel reading. It's a really interesting reading, a very practical reading for us, and has a lot of significance. Simon and his crew had fished all night. That's the time you would fish in the Sea of Galilee. And the fishing trade in Galilee was a very, very wealthy um, commerce. Peter was probably making a good amount of money because the fish in the Sea of Galilee were loved by the people of Rome, and so there was a great commerce between uh, Rome and uh, the Sea of Galilee. And so he had this business of fishing, but they didn't catch anything. Not a single one the whole night. As dawn came, they made their way back to shore, and discouraged, I'm sure, and tired from a fruitless enterprise of trying to fish, they were now cleaning their nets. And as they were doing such, there happened the preacher from Nazareth, the carpenter, the miracle worker named Jesus. He came over to Simon's boat, boarded it, and then asked Simon to take him out a little on the lake so that he could preach to this large gathering crowd there on the shore. To be sure, it must have seemed like a strange request to Peter, who was already exhausted after working all night, but he probably felt obliged to this carpenter preacher. Because, you see, he had met Jesus several weeks before as Jesus was preaching. In fact, he invited Jesus into his home, and Jesus had healed his mother-in-law. So you have to, that's in the backdrop of here. So Peter acquiesces. He takes Jesus out. Jesus preaches on Simon's boat. Simon's boat becomes his pulpit. When he had finished preaching, 
Jesus, turning to Simon, had another strange request. Let's go out into deeper water and go fishing. Now, it doesn't take a lot of imagination to think of what the unspoken thoughts of Simon were when, when he said, Master, <laughs> listen, we have fished all night and didn't get a single fish. What do you think Peter was thinking? I, I kind of think he was saying, Jesus, you stick to preaching, I'll stick to fishing. Makes sense. Yeah. Now, what is interesting to note about this is that when Jesus asked to use Peter's boat as a pulpit, Simon had no, no objections. It was fine. But when Jesus wanted to take his boat and go fishing, it was a whole nother matter. Jesus knows about preaching. Simon knows about fishing. Make sense? For me, this gospel raises a very interesting question for us to ponder this morning. Have you ever felt or reacted like Simon? Jesus, it's okay for him to preach, to talk about spiritual things, about heaven and all that kind of stuff. But I know how to run my own daily life a lot better, my business. Jesus doesn't pay my bills. I do. Jesus doesn't walk in my shoes. I do. I'm sure you get the point. If we're honest, I think we can react at times a lot, like Simon, allowing Jesus to preach to us about the kingdom of God and all that good spiritual stuff. <laughs> but hold on, Jesus, I know fishing. I can manage my daily affairs. Now, to be fair, we usually aren't so brazen as that. I mean, I don't think a lot of us are that upfront about Jesus, stick your nose out of my business. We, as good Lutheran Christians, we would never, ever, ever think of doing that. But why do you think we have confession? <laughs> have you ever thought about that? Why we start our masses, our liturgies with confession? Why we offer confession? Because guess what? That's exactly what we do a lot. A lot of times. And sometimes we don't even recognize it. I don't think Peter did at that point at all. We think we're the expert. Jesus is the amateur. When Simon Peter agreed to Jesus' strange request, I've got to ask myself, uh, when he says, okay, but at your word, yeah, I'll do what you say, Jesus, fine. We'll, we'll go fishing. I wonder if he's thinking, okay, we're going to fish. We're not going to catch one single thing. And then I'm going to say, Jesus, I told you so. Didn't I say, you know, we didn't, do, we caught nothing. 
And now it's the heat of the day, a <laughs> time that fish aren't even out. Well, I think he did think that. Because look at the reaction of Simon Peter to what happened. As they put down the nets, they were catching so many fish that they had to signal the partners, James and John, from the other boat to come over and help him out because their boats got so full of these fish they were both almost sinking we're told do you realize this is a lot of cash (laughs) a lot of dough for business keep that in the backdrop for what happens next when simon peter sees what's happening he did like isaiah did and his great vision, he fell down before the feet of Jesus. There in that boat. And said, you better get out of my life, Jesus. I, I am not worthy of you. I have, there's nothing in me worthy. I am a sinner. I'm a sinful man. Well, you know, Jesus preached to the crowds that day from his boat. But it wasn't until Jesus took him fishing that Jesus began to preach to Simon Peter. You see, he got Peter's attention in the way he understood. Our Lord Jesus is more than just simply a teacher about the kingdom of God and the one who is going to greet us when we die and into heaven. You see, Jesus is Lord of everything in our lives. Those who confess that Jesus is their Lord, and we do that in our prayers, we do that in our creed. We we are gathered here because of his lordship. Well, we learn like Simon Peter that nothing is outside of his lordship. Absolutely nothing. Nothing in our lives. Nothing in your personal life, your business life, your family, your friends, your money, your career, your schooling. Why, even your own body. There's no exceptions. And if you're like me, it's sometimes easy to forget that at certain points in life. And so Jesus has got to get our attention. And as we walk with the Lord, he does. Our Lord would remind us today that we are the amateurs and he is the expert. Even in the areas we think we know really well, in realizing who Jesus is, What did Simon do? He became profoundly aware of his own inadequacy, just like Isaiah did when he saw the holy God. He said to Jesus in a confession, I am a sinful man. I'm a broken man. This is a lesson that Simon Peter would learn from this point on until the empty tomb, because he would follow Jesus all the way. And do you remember in the upper room what Peter said to Jesus when he said, you know, you're all going to fall away? 
And then he says to Peter, you will deny me three times. He says, never, I will never do that, Master. I'll, I'll die for you. What did he do? The last recorded conversation between Jesus and Peter is found in the last chapter of John, interestingly. And in that encounter with Jesus, Peter is asked three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Yes, Lord, he said. You know I love you, even though I'm a failure. And three times Jesus reinstated him. Then feed my sheep. Basically, go out there and get fishing, because that's what happened out of this. You and I, as we grow in our walk with Jesus, as we encounter our life, in the ins and outs of life, in the fishing, whatever our life entails, we encounter the living God, and in sometimes in ways that he really needs to get our attention, and I can think of my life of times that that has happened. And if you've walked with the Lord, I'm sure you can think of those times as well. And they become moments in which we realize how much we need him in our life. We realize our weaknesses and our failures and to live according to the word of God, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. To live a selfless life. As we walk with our Lord Jesus, we learn to do what Peter did, to confess our own unworthiness and our failure, but just like Peter, he was assured by our Lord of his forgiveness in the words, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to follow me. And that's what he tells us this morning. Do not be afraid to surrender your life, all of it, the good, the bad, the ugly. The lesson that Simon Peter learned that day on the boat stuck with him his entire life. His life was forever changed. He was given a new occupation. It was feeding the lambs, fishing for men, women, and children, and the boat becomes the church bringing them all into the love of our gracious God. Now remember what I said, that this was probably a gigantic cash that they had on the boats. I mean, they struck it big. And I want you to remember that. Because I think the last verse of the gospel reading says it all. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed Jesus. I'm just going to give you like a moment of silence to speak to the Lord as he has spoken to you in this verse.